Welcome to the Apostolic Keynote Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church. This message is by Clive Urquhart. Luke chapter 18. Now, before you kind of switch off, because we've read this parable endless times, just kind of, this is the first time you're going to ever hear this parable. Is that okay? So you come at it with a fresh uh, approach. Okay, so Jesus in Luke 18 verse 1, he, he's... He says here he told his disciples a parable. So he's not speaking to the crowd here. He's speaking to his disciples uh, because he wants them to really get something and understand something. So he says, uh, he gives them a, tells them a parable to show that they should always pray and not give up. Uh, some, depending on what translation you look at, he says, always or persistently pray, constantly pray. So there's something that's, that's being written here by Luke, who's, who's written this gospel, saying that Jesus told us this parable uh, so that we should always pray and not give up. So there's a, there's a constant, there's a persistence, there's an always, there's an ongoing, there's a constant here. Um, why, why do we want to pray constantly? Because... There's always things to constantly overcome. If we didn't need to overcome, we wouldn't need prayer. So the end, there's always constant things the enemy is doing to oppose what God is doing. And so therefore, we're encouraged here to, to always pray and not give up. So again there, our prayer is not based on emotion. Our prayer is not based on how we're feeling. Our prayer isn't based on the circumstances the prayer isn't based on, on what is going on around us. The, these are uh, encouragements, but also commands to, to pray in a certain way, to be persistent in that prayer, no matter what is going on, whether within us or around us. Next part. In a certain town, verse 2, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about him. So we obviously have quite a... a arrogant person we have somebody who is uh, pretty much into himself uh, we have somebody here who doesn't give a rip for others uh, the judge in that time had a lot of authority they do these days obviously um, and uh, once a judge makes his judgment back then that was it you couldn't over overturn it in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about men and there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with a plea. Now, in that time, a widow uh, was probably one of the mo- one of the least in society, in the culture. Once a lady had lost her husband, unless he'd been wealthy and had left her with provision, uh, a widow would wouldn't have anything, and it would only be. Uh, either the family that would get around her and support her or the goodwill of others uh, that would actually help her. So Jesus is contrasting here somebody who was one of the most influential, powerful people in the culture with somebody at that time as a widow would, would be one of the least, uh, wouldn't have rights in the same way, wouldn't have, you know. So here's, here's this parallel between this guy who's had a lot of authority and power and then here is a, a widow, or what represents in the culture of that day, somebody who is one of the least in that culture, 
who is going to who is coming to a person who seems to be an obstacle and it's somebody who has authority to say yes or no but also the character that Jesus is describing here it's not just about the person is a judge what he's talking about is the character of the person here somebody that looks immovable somebody who looks unshakable because could have been another judge who said you went to a judge who was a compassionate gracious person so this isn't so much about the judge it's about the character and the nature of what is going on here and so this widow is coming up against something here that seems immovable that seems unshakable that doesn't seem to care or have any concern for what she is wanting to see happen to to be compassionate to be gracious to see a circumstance change or, or turn around and so this widow in that town who kept coming to him with a plea and obviously here's it she kept coming to him and she said grant me justice against my adversaries now the great thing for us is 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 we don't come in prayer as widows or in in terms of the meaning of that in that context we don't come in prayer as a least on the kind of tail end of things we, we come as sons of God when we pray What does a son have? A son has a position. In that, in that culture then, a widow didn't have a position in the culture, in the society. Because now she'd lost her husband, she had no position. Whereas sons have a position, they have a right, they have an authority, they have a boldness, they have an access, because a son knows who, what they're part of. So we pray as sons of God. I'm not just... Don't think about what I'm saying as a modern day thing. This is that we're talking about the culture then and what Jesus was speaking about. So I'm not nothing against widows. This is what a widow what that what that meant then and the contrast that Jesus is is showing. For some time, verse four, he refused, but finally he said to himself, and even though I don't fear God or care about anybody, um what's he what's he basically saying? Look. Even though I'm immovable, unshakable, even though I'm, I don't give anybody any justice unless they absolutely deserve it, I don't give a rip about anything. But this woman is winding me up. She's doing my head in. She keeps coming back day in, day out. And, um, and, and she is annoying me to the nth degree. That's what's going on here. Even though I don't fear God and care about men, even though I'm the hardest guy, I'm the toughest nails, I'm this, that and the other, yet this, this, this person who has, no, who has no power, who has no authority, who has no right to be able to come to me, who has power and authority and all that kind of stuff and is trying to push against me to get what she wants, she is draining me. And what does he say? Because she keeps bothering me, annoying me, winding me up, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually wear me out without her coming. What does Jesus say then? And the Lord said, listen what the unjust judge says. So we've just heard what he says. Will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Now some people parallel this with God. This is, a, this is where we go to God persistently, persistently, persistently. I, I don't personally think this is just, we're going to wear God out with our prayer. Um, 
because the way it describes the judge, that God is, that's not who God is. Um, God is not a person who doesn't care about men and who ha- all, all that kind of stuff. So we, we're talking about the things we come up against in prayer. Um, and <clears throat> what, the, what the enemy wants us to think is that we are coming like an insignificant person. And no matter what we do in prayer, we're never going to be able to move the things that need to be moved in prayer. And <clears throat> but yet we come as sons and we come knowing the rights as sons and the authority as sons that we have in prayer. Now the Bible talks about there's nothing that is impossible for those who believe. Now I can't go into any details um, From what I shared the other day, obviously we've heard, Jane and I and one or two others that were at the prayer conference in Israel the other day, heard various things about what's going on in different nations and, and, and prayer is right at the heart of that. Things that are shifting and moving in nations. Now, we, we, um, we, another person that we know in the last 24 hours spent a bit of time with, who's not from around here, um, God has, uh, without, I can't give any details, but um, where God has positioned them at this moment in, in, in what they do, um, they're right in the middle of um, some amazing scenarios. Um, and when you hear stories at the moment of what God is doing, God is answering the prayers of the saints. When we pray in relation to things that are affecting the nation, society, culture, uh, all the issues of the day, if we can, without going into them, God, God is placing people in some really significant places. And again, I can't tell any stories from things, that, but... Um, certainly not in this setting anyway and um, it's amazing what God is doing and it's that there are that God is answering the prayers of the saints so that we don't need to get wound up about what the enemy's doing in society we don't need to get wound up and all, you know, angry and all of that in our own thing and, oh, you know, go off on one about this, that and the other and point a finger at people and all of that kind of stuff. The world is under the influence of the enemy. The world is under the influence of different spirits. And we know that. And if, if you say that in another context, people think you're mad, you know, and you're just demonising everything. Um and so we know it's a spiritual battle. And, but what I believe God wants to encourage us with is keep praying, keep praying, keep praying, keep praying, keep believing. Because God is positioning people in various places, uh, in different ways, in different spheres of influence. And... Um, uh, and stuff's going to come down. 
things are going to break. And the enemy, with lots of stuff going on in our culture about all sorts of different things, is trying to make it look so impossible that it makes us want to give up or say, well, what's the point? Is it really going to change? It's just getting worse, isn't it? And on one level, yes. But on another level, God's on the move. God's working. And it's just a more obvious clash of light and dark. The lightness, light and darkness, or whatever the right way is putting it, is at, at the moment. So, we're we're, we're going to hit some things in in prayer this morning. And uh, in verse six, listen to what the unjust judge says, which is what we've just heard. I'm not going to, you know, I don't give anybody any room for anything. But yet, this woman, this person, is is just wearing me down. And will not God bring about justice? For his chosen ones. So when we pray, we are praying for God's justice to be exercised, to be outworked. Now, what is God's justice? God's justice is firstly his rule and reign. Secondly, it's his will to be done. And when the amazing thing, when God exercises his will, to see his justice outworked, he does it with mercy. Because when he exercises judgment, because justice has judgment to it. Now, when we talk about judgment now, as in this side of judgment day, we're not talking about judgment where God judges people. God's judgments at the moment, okay, are to help us discern what is of him and what isn't of him. What does God want to do in the midst of these situations so that we understand, um, I need to put this in the right way, so, um, so that we make judgments, not, not that we're judging but that we're making judgments in the middle of the scenarios of what God wants to do. It's not we are, we are judging. There will be a day of judging, judgment day, and that whenever that's going to be. Um, but God is making judgments at the moment where he wants to exercise his justice, his will on earth. And so when we pray, we're lining up with God's judgments and what he wants to do, how he wants to outwork his will and his plan and purpose, his, his justice. And uh, so we're, we're going to pray in line uh, with that. And uh, so God wants to bring about justice for his chosen ones. Now, that means we, we, we're praying against, in the natural, all the odds. We're praying against, when I say against, I don't mean just... Um, against the enemy all the time, but the enemy's the, the tide of the enemy is going one way, and as believers, we're going the other way, right? And that's that's the clash, and that's what's that's what's going on. You know this stuff. Then it says here, um, to those who cry out to him day and night. So there's something about constant prayer, something about day and night, day and night, day and night. The prayers of the saints going up. Now, around the world, 
there is day and night prayer going on because some nations are at the other end of the day than we are. Some are in the middle of the day, some are in the middle of the night. But wherever there is constant prayer, if you think about the church globally right now, there is constant prayer going on around the clock all over the world right now. So that so we, we might not be doing 24-7 prayer ourselves as in as a church, we're praying every hour of the day around the clock. But the church is praying 24-7 around the clock, day and night, day and night, day and night, day and night. And, and that's one of the reasons why the enemy is wanting to accelerate what he is doing because the prayers of the saints are more powerful than the works of the enemy. And there always has to be action on the end of our prayer. And often when you begin to pray into something, you end up becoming one of the people who's on the end of that prayer, having to be one of the people that is acting uh, or has some action at the end of that prayer. So if you, if you don't want to pray into certain things, because you might find one might be at the other end of it, well... Maybe don't pray them, but um, you know somebody's got to be on the other end of a prayer, acting in His name, right? And uh, and it's normally the ones that really begin to pray to stuff that end up somehow getting involved in something uh, to to see that that prayer outworked. So we we want to be crying out to the Lord, and and a cry is not a head thing; it's a heart thing. So we're not praying, acknowledging things and then praying from the head. What, what can I think about to pray into this right now? Um, you know, when you move from your heart, words aren't an issue. When you think from your head, you're trying to think, what's the right thing to say? What's the best thing to say? And God's not moved by the prayers of the head. What he's moved by is the prayer of the heart. And... Uh, and, and then it's going to come with passion, isn't it? Next part of the verse. Will he keep putting them off? No, I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? We are a people of faith, right? And in the midst of that, you know, if we just case Sarah, Sarah, there isn't going to be a lot of faith left on earth. And, uh, I don't, you know, you could read into that last statement various things. Will he find believers on earth? Will he find believers on earth with faith? Will he find faith working on earth? What's he going to find when he comes? And basically what is Je- what's, what's Jesus saying here in this parable? He's saying, hey, guys, you, you, you might, the enemy wants to see you to see yourself as insignificant. And you're coming against impossibilities. And he's never going to give way. But actually, you're not coming. But what, what he is saying is, even if you come as the most insignificant, that's more powerful than whatever the enemy has to operate in. Because at the end of the day, the widow wore down the arrogant, self-righteous, immovable judge. She wore him down just because she kept going. not saying anything there (laughs) all I'm saying is she just used words she just kept going going every day give me justice give me what I want give me justice I'm going to be back here in the morning give me justice I'm going to be back at lunchtime give me I'm going to see you later this afternoon give me I'll see you later tonight when you come out of the the courthouse I'll be outside the door going it's me give me justice I want it 
And to the point where he was just absolutely fed up. So what does the enemy try to do? He tries to wear us down. That's what Jesus is saying here. Look, the enemy tries to wear you down, so you give up. So let's reverse, turn the tables. Let's reverse it. We're going to wear him down where he gives up. Because we just keep going and going and going and going. Why? Because we're not just satisfied with an answer in one situation. We're talking about a transformation of society. We're talking about nations being turned around and changed. We're talking about culture being changed. We're talking about laws that are being put in place being reversed because of what is happening. Most laws that are made to do with lifestyle issues are not because the government has sat down and decided to make a law about something and then said to everybody, oh, by the way, we've decided we're going to make a law for this. Most laws are put in place because of the lifestyle of the people and the pressure that is then put on a government to make a law to fit the lifestyle of the people. That's, that's how a lot of laws are made. There are some laws to do with safety and this and that and the other. Great. But there's other laws that are now made about lifestyle and all of that that have got nothing to do with a bunch of people deciding this would be good to do, wouldn't it? It's lobby groups. It's, it's all of that lot saying we, we want our rights, we want this, we want that. It's got to become acceptable. The behaviour of a group of people in a culture or whatever scenario begins to put pressure on to say you now have to make a law that legalises what we want to do. Now, if you continue on down that road, where does it end? What, what do you legalise? What do you not legalise? You just continue down that road. What different things open up now is legal, now becomes acceptable. I now have a right to do this. Well, it, it, the, it just opens doors to keep going and keep going and keep going. And, and what 25 years ago we would say, well, that's ridiculous, that would never happen, is now acceptable, standard, normal. It's not out of paradigm. It's not weird. It's like, wow, okay. So in another five years, because things are accelerating, what could that look like? What would become acceptable? And, um, and so this is where we, what do the prayers of the saints do? They are, the prayers of the saints are standing there in the face of whatever we want to call it. And we stand there going, no, sorry, it's not going to happen. It's not going to continue. That's going to change. And, uh, just some of the things we even heard the last, you know, yesterday, um, somebody we spent a bit of time with, um, or a couple, um, there, there are some amazing things going on that won't ever hit the, that won't hit the news certainly for a little while um, because it's not what the news wants to hear it's not what the media want to hear it's not what other people want to hear um, and all of that so um, God's at work God is on the move so let's stand together, shall we? And uh, we're going we're gonna to pray for a few minutes. We're praying as sons. The, the encouragement is the equivalent of a widow then who had no rights and no power and no authority in that culture. He's saying, overcame the most difficult scenario to get a breakthrough and to get her release. But we don't come as... 
the least, do we? We come as sons. We come as heirs. We come as those that are seated at the right hand of the Father with Christ. We have the ear of the Father. We have the ear of the ultimate judge, if we can put it that way, who can exercise the ultimate justice on, uh, on earth. And uh, so we're going we're gonna to pray in relation to a number of different things this morning. Um, you can see in the States the, the clash that's going on at the moment to do with abortion. And Donald Trump is a, is a Cyrus. Whether you, whether you like him or not, what you think about him or not, actually doesn't, doesn't, whatever you think, whether you like him or not, whatever your opinions are, diddly squat. Because we can all have our own opinions. But God is using that guy to change things, shake things. And um, there's, you probably know some of this stuff, but quite a few states in America are, are, have already uh, put into place what's called the heartbeat law. Because you can detect a, a baby's heartbeat at six weeks. And so there's a heartbeat law now. So quite a number of states have put that in place so you can't have an abortion after six weeks. Okay, I mean, that, that, that's an amazing change, just that. There are other states that are, are looking at out, outlawing abortion completely, so you can't have an abortion. So there's other states who are do, in the process of doing that right now. But the other end of the scale, you have other states who are looking to legalise, um, I don't know what the technical term is, but when, when the baby's born, literally, they're born, you can, they do what they call a procedure, so it terminates the child at birth. Right? So there are other states, New York is one of those states that they're trying to, they want to do that, or New York State or wherever it is, they're wanting to do that. And then you've got other states that are going the opposite, um, that says we're not having abortion at all. Um, now, Donald Trump, you know, he's, he's removed all the financing that America started to do to finance health things in other nations, particularly Africa, and most of that money was used in, in relation to developing abortion in those nations. Now, he's stopped all that money, and he's also stopped a lot of money within America going to uh, abortion clinics and various other things. I mean, he's really taken a, you know, yeah... And, uh, and that's what's going on there. Now, we're not there yet in this nation. Um, but that's where we want to get to over here, right? Anybody else? You know, uh, There's been people praying over there and really hitting it over there. And, uh, and they're seeing some amazing results in terms of what's happening. Now, obviously, God uses people and people have to stand up. And there are people getting... All sorts of things, death threats and all kinds of things in relation to wanting to put laws in to have no abortion in, in a state or even the heartbeat law and everything. And and you got people getting death threats and all kinds of stuff because they're doing it and uh, other things going on. And so there's this reality of, of, of stuff. So when we pray to this stuff, we're not we're not just praying some nice prayers. We're, we're praying about the reality of what is going on in our in our nation and it, it will take a miracle uh, over here where things are at the moment and uh, 
So God wants to raise up Cyrus's in a nation because it's not in, a, in the States, not just Donald Trump. There are others who have authority within their state that are, God's raised up. Some are believers, some aren't. And that God is in the same way to, to bring change uh, in that way. But it's off the back of prayer. And one of the things we heard while we were away, which I mentioned the other day, is before Cyrus's get raised up, you have a period of time where you have what Jeremiah's or weeping prophets, people that are interceding, praying uh, for breakthrough in a nation, sometimes in terms of specific answers, other times in terms of bigger, you know, on a general scale. But then God will raise up people to begin to speak and make changes. Some of those will be believers, some of them won't but it's answering the prayers of the saints and it's answering this persistent widow type prayer that is coming against what looks impossible that says you're not going to move me you're not going to change me I don't care I don't know because behind everything going on are at the end of the day demonic spirits that basically say you're not going to move me I don't care about men I don't care about people I don't, I don't care whether you get into abortion. I don't care whether you get into uh, uh, gender identity. I don't care whether you get into this, that, or the other, whether you get into drugs. Whether you get, I don't care what you get into as long as the purposes of God are not outworked. So the devil is, just wants to come up with as many things as possible that destroy people's lives. So that's why it, it, we don't want to get into just issues as issues. Um, now God raises up people to be in the context of a scenario and he anoints them and graces them to be a voice in there as he is in relation to all these different scenarios at the moment and um, uh, in different ways and I, I can't, I've been asked not to tell particularly some of the things we heard yesterday um, but just if you can trust me for a minute, there's, God, there's some amazing stories of what God is doing um, with people in some of these different scenarios. Um, not just believers, the people God is putting in there, but people that are in the middle of it, that have been orchestrators of things. And what God is doing in some of those people, it's, 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 it's amazing. So um, uh, so we, we, we want to continue just declaring his lordship over our nation, his rule and reign over our nation, that he is lord, he is lord. Because the enemy will want to say, yeah, but look at what's going on in reality. How can he be lord? How can he be lord? You can't declare he's lord because he's not. Look at the state of it all. And that's where we're going. No, he is lord. He's lord of our nation. He's lord of our region. He's lord of our town. He's lord of London. He is lord. Amen. And uh, so let's just firstly lift our hands and, and just declare his lordship over our lives, over this region, over our nation, over London, over Manchester, over Birmingham, over Leeds, over Liverpool, over the, over, over the cities in our nation, over the towns. Thank you, Jesus. You are Lord. We declare that you are Lord. We praise your name. We thank you, Lord. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.